0: Do the intro.
1: This is Reconceived
0: with Ben and Leonard. I'm Ben. And I'm Leonard. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. What? Okay.
1: I didn't say Benny and Lenny. I know. I, I I'm
0: more know. I've,
1: I've grown past that.
0: Wow. That wasn't very long to grow past. This is...
1: Well, maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe it's still something I struggle with.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay. How you doing?
1: Better than China's ballpoint pen industry.
0: Ayo! What a
1: beautiful non-force segue. Tell me about China's... <laughs> Segway. <gasps> hashtag air horns. Hashtag the nerdiest oh, oh, joke I've ever gotten. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll put them in post.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if I appreciate that, but uh, it, oh, it'll you will. Like, add to the milieu of our podcast listening experience.
0: Yeah, believe me, there's there there was air horns right after you said that. You don't have to worry about <laughs> it. <anything. laughs> well, thank you, Leonard. I,
1: well, I'm not going to say I appreciate that. Like, Anyway,
0: <laughs> do you like James Bond?
1: Like, I haven't watched many of his movies, but I'm kind of fond of him. Do you like James Bond, Leonard?
0: Uh, I actually haven't watched as many of his movies as I probably should have as someone who sort of wants to possibly get into the film industry at some point. But I do appreciate all of the cool things that, you know, have sort of come into our culture because of him. Like, you know, um, all the quotes – the, intro, the the renaissance of spy movies yeah, and uh, all the cool gadgets he has
1: oh my goodness see my favorite gadget of all the things that he had were all the cool pens like the, the pen gun, the pen taser the, or I'm not sure if a pen taser I mean just there's a ridiculous amount of pens that he had, mm-hmm. a pen that explodes and stuff like that and there are a lot of pens today that aren't like really awesome gadgets like that but they're really high-technology pens. Mm The first one that comes to mind is the Apple Pen, which isn't technically a pen, it's a stylus. But it it is called a pen, and it's really high-tech. Yeah. There's also a pen by Crossway that you can't lose because it has a tracker on it, so you can always Mm. know where your pen is. There's a pen that can turn text into audio for dyslexics. And there's the Livescribe, which I think is the most famous example, which isn't terribly famous, but it's the most famous of all the high-tech pens. Mm -hmm. Which record stuff while you're taking notes and you can sort of go back to where you wrote notes and listen to the audio that the pen recorded at the same time so you can sort of synchronize your written notes with what you actually heard Interesting. and all these are basically James Bond
0: gadgets but like not as cool <laughs> I okay well hang on, don't don't knock them off just yet they're they're pretty dang cool and i I would say they're a lot cooler than James Bond's pens because uh, they they're actually you know, practical. I mean, it's just like, that's, hey,
1: but they he, don't—they don't explode, Leonard. Like they don't tell you the location of the, the secret map or
0: whatever. Here's, here, James Bond have a pen that can also turn into umbrella if you really want one. You know, just in case of a <laughs> rainy day. Like that—that's gonna be useful <laughs> literally once. When are you ever going to have a pen on hand and not an umbrella, and you need the umbrella and not the pen? Like
1: That's a I mean if it can turn back into a pen, then I'd love that pen. That'd be amazing. No, it's okay. Or just I want an umbrella that can be the
0: size of a pen, to be
1: honest. That'd be really
0: awesome. Oh very useful. Yes. Let me cover my my ear with this umbrella the size of a pen. Okay, but here here, here's what happens, right? The pen turns into an umbrella. The umbrella turns into a jet ski. And, like, it keeps on building up on itself, but it can't go back ever.
1: Okay. And so you better. So does it eventually turn yeah, into a house, or does it, uh, does it leave itself as a jet ski, or where it does it will, go from there?
0: It eventually, if you press the, the top of what was the pen enough times, it eventually turns into a black hole and it collapses in on itself.
1: <laughs> what I want to talk to you about today isn't all these super high tech pens or these James Bond gadgets. Rather, I want to talk to you about ballpoint pens themselves and how huh. high- tech they are because they're really high tech
0: really It's really cool ballpoint pens how yes. are those supposed to be high tech? Well,
1: I guess technically speaking, they themselves are pretty low tech they've got a couple moving parts and one very important moving part, which we'll talk on it we'll talk about further in a second. but the manufacturing process is really, really high-tech. More than I thought when I first started looking at this. First of all, the variability that pens have and all the different factors that go into it. There's things like the width of the tip. There's the makeup of the ink and what chemicals and what processes go there. There's the quality of the ball itself. There's the grip. There's the color. And those are just the ones that immediately come to mind. And I don't even manufacture pens, so I'm sure there are bazillions (laughs) like the manufacturing of the casing, the material the housing is made out of, the spring, all sorts of factors that I can't even comprehend thinking about daily that are crucial to making a ballpoint pen. Now, all of these are things that are not really unique to pens because a lot of things that we manufacture and take for granted have a lot of components that can vary a lot. But the thing about ballpoint pens is that they require such precision to manufacture that only a few countries can actually do it? Wait, wait. Now here, here's the thing: China assembles about forty billion pens a year. Uh, forty makes billion sense. ballpoint pens. Makes sense. Which is about eighty percent of all pens, because China makes basically everything. Y- yeah. But the interesting thing is, it can't actually make the tips themselves. Because all of the ball bearings have to have basically a zero margin of error. Any margin of error at all means there's imperfection on the ball and it's not going to spin as freely or it'll spin too freely and too much ink will come out. There's no, huh. there's nothing. You can't get it wrong by a micrometer. It's ridiculously precise how these ball bearings have to be. Really, And the only country that it would import these ball bearings from because it had to import these ball bearings it didn't try to make them anyways it imported all of the ball bearings from switzerland
0: now why can't why can't china make precise ball bearings they didn't have the precision instruments to cut a
1: steel ball that tiny with enough quality it's the very precise manufacturing that's crucial that China just doesn't have. Now they can make the high-tech pens all day long. They can make aircraft carriers and super high-tech planes and fighter jets. They just can't make a ballpoint pen.
0: Now I would assume that they would be able to, you know, get the instructions and get the the requirements needed in order to make them, right?
1: Well, here's the thing: uh, there is uh, an international standard for what ballpoint pens are supposed to be from the International Standards Organization, <laughs> wait, which is sort of wait. a coordination of all the individual countries getting together saying this is what a ballpoint pen is supposed to look like. Wait, okay, specify- so,
0: so, so so let me get this straight. All the countries got together and then they're yeah. just like, all right, so um, uh, poverty, that's an issue. World hunger, that's an issue. First on the docket, ballpoint pens, what are they supposed to look like? <laughs>
1: Okay, it's not quite like that. Oh, okay. So the ISO, is uh, is it's, it's a standard-setting body in particular, so it's not like a world government that has stuff on the docket. The only thing that it does is set international standards. Okay. And it's composed of each nation's standards organizations, if that makes sense. So America has its own internal standards organization, which is part of or contributes to this international one, and each country does the same thing. All right. So these standards organizations aren't even considering World hunger. That's for other areas of expertise. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so they specify things like what viscosity of the ink should have and at what temperature. Ah. And ha- have you ever done how much thought into the engineering it has to take to get viscosity right? I mean, there are some interesting I studies even and articles it- about how, how difficult it is to get dirt right when you're making a foundation because it has to be laid down just flat and it can't vary too much. Think about getting the viscosity just right under the basically all-temperature conditions. That seems
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and they have just a whole list of things that ballpoint pens are supposed to have and how they're supposed to perform and what tests they have to go through. But what they don't say is how you make them meet these tests. So the thing about Uh, making a very precise ball bearing is that it's basically a trade secret. Not It sounds really really easy. Like, you take a bit of steel, you cut it, and do a really small ball how hard can it be there's a problem the makeup of the steel has to be just precise you have to have the right alloy otherwise it's not going to work it's Mm. going to be too hard to cut or it's not going to perform as functionally so you have to have just the right components of steel you also have to make it the proper way do you melt it down and then you sort of harden it do you melt it down and you uh, try to pour it into these tiny molds and then just scrape off the excess do you just put it into this giant block of steel and then you cut it down After it's hardened? Like, there are, I'm sure, thousands of other ways you could do it, because I am no metals expert by any stretch of the imagination. But just making the metal itself is basically a trade secret. That... Really? Compounded with the fact that how are you actually supposed to cut them with that much precision? Like, what process do you use? Where do you start? Switzerland doesn't want to reveal this information because they spent a long long time trying to figure it out. That's smart. So That's smart. any other country that wants to do the same thing has to do the same research and development, essentially. And they also have to have the precision instruments, which, again, China until recently didn't have. Hmm. And the other thing is, it's not just the, the bearings. The ball bearings themselves, I think, are the most interesting part. But they also didn't have good enough steel for the casings. It's been said that most of the steel that comes from China is pretty bad quality, and that's for the most part correct. Okay. It's fine quality, but it's not high-grade steel. Right. And so they had to import all the steel from Germany or Japan. Huh. So they had – for the tip, just the tip itself, they had to take the ball bearings from Switzerland and the – like. The where the, the casing – For the ball bearings where that's all held they have to get that from germany or japan
0: do you think that like switzerland and germany and japan get mad when they finally get their pens back and then it just says made in china (laughs) um not
1: really because the people who would care are the people who get paid for what they do okay yeah that's fair that's fair yeah and that that goes to an interesting thing about things that are made in China are really just assembled in China because the parts come from all over the world uh, anyway okay so the the thing about the steel ball is it's supposed to write for eight hundred meters or which which is about half a mile for us lowly individuals uh-huh. living in the imperial system yep and how to how to make it write that long is a trade secret <laughs> that Switzerland's not going to tell. <laughs> Good news though,
0: Leonard. yeah. For all those Chinese entrepreneurs and for uh, independent pen creators, <gasps> independent creators.
1: Oh my goodness! Yes. Just like I'm penjamin. Oh, there I, there, there, there I, are a lot of there are a lot of pens and
0: jokes that you can. All make. the jokes, all the puns. I'm so sorry for our listeners. Carry on.
1: <laughs> all both of
0: them. Yeah. Um, Thanks, so mom. The thing about
1: pens is that it was really embarrassing to china that it couldn't actually make a good pen so on january 21st of 2016 the hong kong economic journal declared and i'm reading from the english translation the english language version of the article.
0: right that would probably be most beneficial
1: yeah i'm not gonna be culturally insensitive or whatever by pretending this is chinese because i can't read chinese the day china can produce a 100 percent Homemade ball pen will be the day it truly qualifies as a first-class industrial power.
0: <laughs> I mean, the pen is not... mightier than the sword, so I, it, it <laughs> checks out. That's a good point. So it's not the times that they you know
1: make the world's iPhones, and it's not when they make really good aircraft carriers, and it's not when they make top-secret radar, radar technology that no one else has gotten to yet. It's when they make... A pen. So did they do it? Those... Yes.
0: Yay. The process, Congratulations, The process China. itself
1: took five years of research and development. Five years. What takes five years of research and development? The iPhone doesn't. A pen does. The state-owned company, I'm going to get this wrong, Taiwan Iron and Steel Group. That's, yeah, that's what it's called. They announced that after five years of research and development, I think this was in 2016. It would be able to replace imports of pen tips in two years. So wow. the process is eventually going to end up taking seven years. Oh my god! But it will finally no longer be reliant on imports to make these ballpoint pens. I love it. Seven years of research and development, kind of like
0: the iPhone. Pens—the important thing in life. China's pride and joy, yep. apparently. Yeah. And the thing
1: about precision instruments, they still can't make things like really precise bolts for machinery. Mm -hmm. They still have to import those from other countries. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to the fact that China's economy is mostly state driven. There are a whole bunch of state owned enterprises and they have these. um, China's government has what I think are five year plans, two year plans. I actually don't quite remember for their industries, meaning that they're their pen companies don't really have to face up to much competition because they get free money from the government. Okay. So they didn't really have to innovate to Uh, make these pens. But it also goes to something else. There's a sort of a misconception among basically every nation that if you import something, that just must mean that you're not good at that thing, and that's shameful somehow. That was especially true for China because they were like, oh, we can't make a pen, and that is kind of a funny joke that they – can't make a pen. They can make aircraft carriers just fine, but a pen? No, you ask too much. But it probably would have been cheaper for China just to keep importing stuff because five years of research and development is a lot of money. Yeah, that, that they invested. That really is. And it's not like Switzerland is gonna be able to cut off its sales of ball bearings because where else are you gonna sell those? China makes eighty percent of the pens, so. The interesting thing isn't so much that China eventually decided by itself and over the course of, you know, interactions in the marketplace. But rather they decided by funding through government money
0: new research that took five years. Mm. That is really fascinating. So I'll I'll be honest. Before you shared this with me, I didn't really think much of pens. I – every once in a while I would just sort of be looking at my pen and, you know – of course, I'd be thinking, now, how does this work? But I, I didn't give hardly any thought to it at all. Um, I just sort of assumed that, like, when you push down on the ball, the ink would sort of seep out, and, you know, because you made room for it. But I knew that that, that didn't make sense at all. Um, and so, you know it makes more sense now that the that it, it it's a very difficult subject it's a very difficult practice to be in it, pens are difficult to make um and they require a lot of advancements in technology that we wouldn't have had before and so it, it's super fascinating to me that this little piece of plastic that and a little bit of metal and ink, I guess, that we take for granted and that costs, you know, 79 cents is can be so technologically advanced that a, a country like China had to take five, no, seven years just to understand how to fully make it. That is... Yeah, and
1: then to actually do so.
0: Mm-hmm. That is super super cool
1: and then the science of pens is fascinating as well because there are a whole bunch of legal articles on okay when someone is writing a signature with a ballpoint pen this is how the ink will look this is how the grooves in the paper will look this is how it'll you know, hold itself up over time this is how it contrasts with something like a fountain pen or a felt tip pen and here's how you know if it's been forged or if it's been copied and all of that depends on the consistency and the viscosity of the ink and the the manufacturing of the nib. Hmm. So that one process can affect an entire legal system, essentially. Wow, that of you know forgery and handwriting. Wow. <laughs> this has been ballpoint pens.